Sarah, I know we talk about skincare and sun because you and I love going to the beach and swimming and just being I outside the in the heat. And you're really bad at putting sunscreen on. <laughs> I'm terrible. I've gotten better, but I'm not great, which is why we've become obsessed with Ben Beauty's anti-aging formula. The capsules. Yes, if you guys follow us on social media, you'll see that Sarah and I are constantly posting about Ben Beauty, their collagen powder, as well as their anti-aging capsules. I have to say the anti-aging capsules are just a game changer. You and I did the three-month challenge and took pictures, the before and after, and Sarah, there was a, there was a difference, a huge difference. Absolutely. So the things that you guys need to know is Ben Beauty products are backed by science. They've invested in clinical trials that showed after four weeks of taking the anti-aging formula daily, participants' skin were 39% more resistant to UV burning. So if you happen to be a little not so great with the sunscreen like me on occasion, this is your solution. Yeah. If you want to learn more about Ben Beauty or shop and find out their locations throughout Canada and the U.S., you can go to bendbeauty.com. You are listening to the Rival and Queen podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. We're so happy everyone is joining us again for another Thursday, a new episode, Sarah. The, the Happy Thursday, everyone. The end of season one is coming so quickly, but it's so exciting because we have so much more that we're planning and excited about for a few weeks away. This is our second last episode of this season. So everyone, we're so happy to have you tuning in. So happy. And today we're going to be talking about all the goodness and juiciness of meditation, which I feel is like the start of the mystical realm. So you find realm. it's like such an uncharted territory for such so many people. Well, in the last week, five people have written me through Instagram asking me how they should start meditating. And I was like... I've got the perfect answer for you. <laughs> yeah. no. We've got a podcast episode on it. I think this is going to be good because people have so many different assumptions, I want to say, about what meditation is and what it means and how to do it. But it's really not that much science. The hardest part is doing it and kind of sticking to that mm. that that practice and, and daily I think Jonathan, um, who is actually one of the people we're interviewing today, Jonathan DeZoza and Autumn Grant, founders of Flow Meditation, he spoke so well in comparing it to working out. You're not just going to go to the gym one time and expect to see a result. And the same goes for meditation. It's not going to just kind of click and happen very easily, perhaps the first time. It's something you need to kind of work that muscle and, and keep doing. And Sarah, people probably reach out to you on Instagram because you're the meditation guru I find I, I don't know about that but I do love it like honestly I find it such a self-discovery process and like that's how I use it I'm like okay what's going on well I mean that actually that's not at all how I use it but by getting into meditation I have been able to get into self-discovery and it's just like a vehicle for me to open my heart up to my <sighs> To whatever my little heart wants to tell me. I love it. 
And I think that gives people a really good reason to try because you, for one, speak so highly about how it benefits you. So I think it's just something people are so curious about exploring. And I think, well, actually, so we talked about this in the episode, how I got into it, but we, I never asked you, how, how did you get into meditation? Because you meditate. Yeah, I think that years ago I kind of tried, but, and it was with the Headspace app, which a lot of people are probably pretty uh, familiar with, but that one, it just didn't really stick. And I kind of didn't really understand why I should be doing it. And then when I became mm. friends with you, you do it and incorporate it in your daily life so well. And I was like, maybe I should try this again. And of course, more chaos and kind of stress and, and more anxiousness and things like that. The natural way, I guess, is to to deal with it through meditation or journaling. Um, so I think that kind of is what turned me more into it, perhaps, um, mm. over the last year, I would say. But it's it's something that I do want to kind of write down and like stick to a schedule of doing it so that I can be accountable for myself in trying it instead of just doing it and then not feeling any benefits because I'm not giving it enough time to kind of let my mind and body be Mm, just be get into the jam that makes sense yeah because I've only felt that kind of state a few times so I think it's just like I need to keep doing it you know yeah I wonder if um I know when I no, I have no point of reference for this. But what might work for you, I'm just throwing this out there, Give is if me. you for like two weeks, you're like, I'm going to do it at this time every day because I know you're very good with like setting an, a goal mm-hmm. and like, whereas I'll be like, oh, I've changed my mind on this goal. I'm not into it. You're like, I'm very into it. I'm going to get my 64 I days try. of working out in a row. <laughs> I try. Whereas I'm like, I got to 29. I did pretty good. <laughs> no. And that's, and that's just, it is like, I want to stick to it, whether it's a time of day or just for five or 10 minutes and really simplify what it means and just see how, and, and write it down and, and kind of like see how I feel after so that I can, I can see a bit of a difference and feel a bit of a progression in what I'm supposed to happen. I don't know. I think people just think this crazy thing's supposed to happen and your mind just shuts off and nothing happens, but I don't think that's really fair to assume especially when you're first starting no I think okay so actually and also here's the other thing that we get into in this episode um and we'll tell you a little bit about what we talk about but Jonathan did a good job of like it's not necessarily to fix something you know what I mean like you can meditate for many different reasons and it can help with those things but it's also something you can do to just like appreciate life but I will tell you Some of the benefits, Ashley, I'm officially looking them up. All right. The benefits of meditation. Um, Here here are the big ones. Better focus and concentration, improve self-awareness and self-esteem, lower levels of stress and anxiety, which is huge, and then fostering kindness. And it also helps your physical health and it can improve your tolerance for pain uh, and fighting substance addiction. So it's like... Beyond, like the stress and anxiety one is huge, but beyond that, there's other massive benefits to meditating. I think it just helps you tune in more to yourself. I think so too. And and just let yourself just be, I think in a world that we're so overwhelmed and so overstimulated, even if you just said, if people want to just start by just sitting quietly and doing nothing. And I think Jonathan or Autumn even say that and just observe the room and just actually 
look around and kind of take that in, I think that's even a great way to start is just to be still and, and quiet and alone is, is healthy too. That's such a good point. Cause if meditation seems like a wild concept to you and something like you can't do that, that's fine. What I would encourage people to do or try to start to do and I told this to Greg, your brother, Ash, is like, turn off your phone and every screen in your life for 10, 15 minutes every day. Like literally do not like have your phone on airplane mode. Every TV is off. Like don't have music on, like actually turn everything off and just do whatever you want. Sit there if you can and really just see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And like you said, notice the room or something. If, if you don't feel like you're ready to meditate, but just actually unplug yeah. every day. Yeah, remove the distractions because they're really easy to kind of see a text pop in or something and and then you're making up an excuse of why you don't want to be still. I think it's hard for people and it's a a good thing. I'm excited to embrace this journey, Sarah. I know. Okay, one thing I do want to tell you because we talk about this in the episode and I don't know that I've ever told anyone this, but before I meditate, I didn't realize we talked about uh, intentions And I realized I kind of say like a prayer at the start of my meditation, which is like, seems funny to me. But honestly, I realized that this was like the intention I was setting every time when I meditate. And what do I say? I'm like, I think I got to say it in my head because I forget. I've never said it out loud. Are you going to share it? I'm going to share it. I think it's like. Should I share? Should I not? It might be weird. It's up to you. No, I don't think it's weird. But as long as you're comfortable. No, I say like, thank you to my highest. I think I, I thank my spirit guides, my soul. That's what I say. I'm like, thank you to my, yeah, spirit guides with my highest truth and compassion. I think I got that from Gabby Bernstein. Oh my God, I'm obsessed For guiding with me. And that's what I say at the start. And that's and it. I'm like, no, I do go on because then I'm like, okay. thank you for my soul. <laughs> like, thank you for showing me how to connect with my heart and soul and like finding my soul's calling and thanking the universe for kind of um, all the opportunities and asking for the right things for me to show up. And then I just surrender in peace, love and oneness. That's actually what I say to myself. See, okay. So when we're talking about that, setting an intention and also gratitude and being grateful, whether it's in the morning or after your meditation, whatever, I'm such an overthinker and a bit of a perfectionist that I'm like, is this what I should be saying that I'm grateful for? Is this what I should be saying my intention? I have a lot of doubt in what I'm putting out there, but what you just said is so beautiful and just so, um, like it just, it touches everything. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to pinpoint Well, I was grateful for this exact moment with this exact person. It's just like, I'm thanking everything for just being the way it is and accepting kind of what's, what's happening on my path. And I think that's so so nice, Sarah. Yeah. And I like to ask for guidance. I'm like, just guide me to like my highest good and how I can be of service. And I think Oprah says that too. And it's nice to just, everyone can find their own thing that, that is nice. But I think it is nice to set an intention after we had this conversation with them. I thought about that and I was like, oh, I do set an intention every time. It's just, it's not like a particular thing necessarily. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my God. I listened. Speaking of Oprah yesterday, I listened to, I think two or three of her podcasts. One was with Gabby Bernstein. And then I can't remember the other ones, but they were all about just like the whispers from the universe and 
you can't necessarily ask the universe for, oh, you know, will I get this new job or specific things, but it's just like, give me a sign, you know, just ask the universe for all these things. And I'm like, wow, I think that meditation goes really well with that. Just being connected. I'm a huge fan of asking for guidance when you feel like lost or unclear about something. And like, literally I'm like, show me what I need to know. I'm, I always do preface it with like, you know, I'm asking out of highest goodness and compassion and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, then yeah, it makes it less selfish or something. Do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, and you can also kind of let go. Like I, I think I got into that habit when I was like truly at a loss and didn't know what to do. And I was like, I literally have nothing to lose. So hopefully like some sign will show up for me. No. And I think that's great. A few years ago, I remember when we lived in our old house in Cole Harbor, I did that. I had a massive walk-in closet and sometimes I would just sit in there with the door closed on the carpet. And like, that's what I tried to do, but I don't know. I didn't stick with it. So I need to, need to commit. I think you'll have a moment. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's, you just need to keep doing it to feel. Totally. And I'm a big fan of like, just start. If you're not sure the right way to do it, just frigging start. But you can also listen to this podcast episode and find out exactly how to start. Yeah. So Ash, should we introduce our guests for this today? (laughs) Yeah, we had the lovely, I know I kind of Gave a little spoiler, but uh, the founders of Flow Meditation, so they're based here in Halifax, Jonathan Dedoza and Autumn Grant, and they're actually a couple, and they're so adorable. You can tell that they just love each other and have so much love for everyone, their energy. I could feel it, Sarah, through the computer even last night. They're just so sweet. And we actually attended one of their sunset meditations uh, a few weeks ago outside in a park, which was so lovely. Um, they they both kind of hand off the meditation a bit, which is nice. You hear their voices change and the energy changes a bit. So, um, Yeah, you yeah. talked about that, the nice balance they bring of like the masculine and the feminine. It's so nice. Well, and I think it's because your eyes are closed and you're listening and you just kind of like hear one voice and then you hear the other voice and it just, I don't know stimulating in a, in a cool way. So as you guys may have guessed, this episode is totally all about meditation. We actually, Jonathan and Autumn break it down for us, like how to actually start meditating. So if you have never meditated before, you'll get that. And then if you have meditated before, we talk about different practices, but we also talk about some really cool things like the the like magic time for how long to meditate is in there. We, as you said, Ash, Jonathan does a great job to explain, like, it's not instant gratification. And the other thing that we talked about, which really flipped a switch for me, is, like, it's not just something you need to do to solve a problem. Like, meditation can be something you bring into your life as part of, like, a celebrating mm-hmm. and helping to kind of really go deep in those moments that are, like, huge wins to let you embody and celebrate in an even deeper way all the goodness that's happening. Yeah. And that's a really good point, Sarah, because even on my birthday, we went to the beach, Jeff and I, early in the morning and it was so sunny and beautiful. And I I listened to a Gabby Bernstein podcast then. And I remember feeling so, it was my birthday, so I was feeling pretty good, but I felt so good just in that moment. So I think that the next time something amazing happens or you're in an amazing mood and you meditate, like I'm excited to see what happens and how it feels different to kind of use it to de-stress. You know what I mean? Like very, Oh my God. Very different. But I think both will feel amazing. 
it's a nice mental shift to turn into something you also do to celebrate. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, we, um, we all already decided that on your wedding day, whenever that happens in the <laughs> near future, that we are going to do so many meditations. We're going to have everyone's meditating. Imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be... I, I like, think that's amazing. I do, too. Um, one of my friends, Jennifer Smith, actually, she, she did that the morning her and her husband-to-be had a private meditation, which I thought was lovely. But I think mm. let's get everyone involved. We'll do a couple. <laughs> the more, the merrier. Um, also, we want to give a huge congrats to Autumn and Jonathan. But Autumn just took the leap to being full-time in flow meditation. We are so, so, so amped for both of them. Uh, it's a really exciting time. And we do encourage you guys, if you are interested, you can book one-on-one sessions with Autumn or Jonathan. Um, and they will help guide you and get you introduced. And you can also, they have a lot of group sessions. So you can, you can get connected with them in a number of different ways. You can go to their website, which is flowmeditation. .ca. You can follow them on Instagram at Flow Meditation, F-L-O. Um, and the other places, they actually have some recorded meditations on the Take 10 app. So you can grab that and all those links are in our show notes. Um, and that's it. I think you guys are going to love this. Everyone's going to be like hard open, ready to go, sitting on a cushion by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Open your mind, open your heart. And I think uh, everyone's going to enjoy this and really practical steps to get started. So let's dive in, Sarah. We all need Zen in our lives. Sarah does a lot of meditation. I'm dabbling in meditation, trying to kind of make it more, not, I guess, less of a routine and more of a practice and kind of embrace putting that into my daily life. So we're super excited and curious to learn more about flow meditation and about Autumn and Jonathan. So welcome guys. We're so happy to see you. Thank you so much. We are so happy to be here. Thank you so much guys. So happy to be here with you guys. This is awesome. Can you guys tell us, um, well, we came across flow meditation. Ashley's been to one of your sessions. We've both been to actually one of your sessions and we loved it. Uh, you guys create such a warm, welcoming environment and like, it's incredible. How did you, can you guys tell us a little bit about flow meditation? Absolutely. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. So flow meditation was founded on the idea of building a happier, healthier, and more connected society through mindfulness. Um, so we opened two years ago and um, we first had a little studio on Argyle Street. It was a lease takeover and it was a really beautiful way to, to open up doors to the community and, and share what we had to offer. So we had the studio for the six months and then we realized that it was even more beneficial to bring meditation um, to, to others. So we've now moved into a pop-up style and virtual, um, virtual style studio. I love that. So are you guys working with corporate groups and things like that as well? Yes, absolutely. So we do, um, we pop up into fitness studios, corporate offices, and we, um, we work with sports teams, university schools. Pretty much, yeah, that's, that's it. Like our goal is like, it's, it's always evolving. So uh, we'll start off with the schools and everything else. And then from that going on, other people will start to hear about us and we'll just grow like that. So it, it, it ends up going down avenues 
we never even thought it would. For sure. Yeah, we did our session, or I did the session with you, Ash. You've done a couple outside and that like on a field in downtown Halifax and that was like the loveliest meditation experience (laughs) like Ash said like I meditate daily but it's something so nice about being in the city and like feeling the wind on your face Mm -hmm. and your body like I had the best time with that session that's that's so awesome to hear it's such a treat to be able to meditate outside and we've really been trying to take advantage of the beautiful weather that we've been having this summer. So um, it's nice and it's an, an interesting concept to have a meditation downtown in the middle of the city with surrounding noises. But um, but those distractions are certainly a part of, it's all a part of the pro, of the, the, the practice. So um, it's a really great way to, to um, indulge in, in that experience. So can you guys tell us, like, how did this begin? How did you guys each get into meditation? Or would you like to share? Sure. Um, <laughs> we met in Vancouver originally. And in and, um, in Vancouver, we both worked for uh, Lulu Lemon that encouraged us to uh, have it be part of our schedules and become a routine just to uh, implore us and to encourage like, like being mindful and being aware of ourselves and everything else. So from that, we fell in love with the practice it adhered to our lives it really spoke to us in terms of, of the transitions that we were going through in our lives and uh from there coming to Halifax it was almost a no-brainer for us to kind of dive deep into the community dive deep into like kind of that field I was working at the store so I, I quickly got to learn and become familiar with kind of those key players in the community and it just encouraged me more to be like this is like the place to have this idea to have this goal to to bring this like concept into the play Mm. so it's so crazy to kind of even think about what gets everyone started in meditation I feel like everyone has such a different journey or different need to kind of turn to meditation Sarah what I want to ask you what made you start meditating <laughs> I'm just so curious because you're very into it so I would say I had a moment like well I've, I've done it twice so it's interesting to hear that you guys kind of started through work because I think that's mm-hmm. a really interesting way to get connected to it I probably meditated in high school a little bit and through university like it was just around me growing up I don't really know how, but then when I closed my first company that I had four years ago, that was really a moment where I reconnected to meditation and made it part of my life in the sense that I'm like, this is probably never going to go away because it was just such a change in my life, like going from being hyper stressed, anxious on working literally 70, 80 plus hours a week to deciding consciously to turn that off. And I just knew I was at risk to be not like depressed. Like I'm not, I don't have um, depression or anything like that, but totally to move into kind of a dark space if I didn't take care of my well-being. Um, and so I went to the woods as Ashley knows, I love to do this when I go through transitions, I go into the woods for months Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and I meditated every day and I worked out every day. And that was my only commitment to myself. And I started small at like five minutes and then really started going up to like 20, 25 minutes. And I've kind of stayed there. That's, that's such a good point. And I think 
for us too, it was a really interesting um, point in our lives. Um, we were working for Lululemon and where we were almost, it was incorporated into our schedule. So we, you know, we had to go to the meditation studio every week. And I think that the more we sat in meditation, the more um, that came up for us. And it was a point um, that we were really able to come to terms with what was happening in our lives. And we were really able to accept that. We had honestly recently started dating and um, and found out that we were having our daughter, Florence. And um, it was it was such a, a pleasant surprise, but I think that it, it um, really helped with, you know, going into meditation and, and helping us accept what was. And it just allowed us to bring in those healing benefits that meditation has and also helped us bring in so much joy for the present moment. So that was a really pivotal moment in our lives. And I think that we were able to, um, you know, move forward in a strong way because of the practice of meditation that we were introduced to at the time. That's so cool. That's so People nice. are so curious. I know with Sarah and I about meditation, even when she's talking about it, we're talking about it. But a lot of people struggle. You guys probably hear this all the time. I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. How do I start meditating? Like what could someone do if they just wanted to start a meditation practice? Totally. Um, we we strongly believe in a consistent practice. And, you know, there's so many wonderful things that you can do to set up a strong practice in your home. There are some fantastic apps out there. Um, but we also really love the the community that's built around guided meditation in a group setting. And um, I think that helps with accountability. So, I mean, if you do want to start and you're new to meditation, then I would encourage, you know, starting a, or having like a place in your home where you can meditate on a, on a regular basis. It can even be in your bedroom if you have a cushion and just like a little area that's dedicated to the practice um, and then, you know, starting really small. So, so like you said, <laughs> Sarah, just a few minutes a day is a really great place to start and it feels achievable. So, um, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up about it if you don't get around to it or you find it really difficult to, to start small. What would you add to that? Self-accountability. Uh, so if you're going to be doing it like, um, do a record, make a record like a journal. So like, you know, you are keeping accountable to your journal, do an entry, do some form of intention. Like this is my intention on this meditation. So you are keeping, again, it doesn't need to be an hour long, doesn't need to be two hour long. If it's just five minutes in the morning, five minutes before bed or five minutes in your day, you're just keeping yourself accountable with like a record almost. And it's not to show anyone, it's not for anything, it's just for yourself. So you know that you are making that commitment to yourself and keeping that promise to yourself as well. And it's not always if it's something you need out of it. I'm, I'm kind of understanding now that it might not be when you're feeling necessarily when you're down and dark. Like for Sarah, that's what got her kind of like really into it. Well, no, I, I wasn't down and dark or, for the sorry, record. Before was, you, yeah, I was like stressed. aware that that could be a risk. And I was like, I need yeah. to take care of my mental well-being so I don't experience Preventative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that even for me, it's like I'll meditate when I'm feeling extra crazy or extra stressed or anxious. But maybe it's something that, yeah, you just need to to do it more consistently. So the journal, that is a great tip. I'm going I wrote that down actually. I'm gonna stick with that. 
Yeah, and that's a huge thing that um, I learned just through like uh, the practice of meditation slowly was that meditation isn't just like something to heal like trauma or heal that pain. I love the fact that you can use meditation as a tool of a celebration of something great happens in your life. It's a great way just to like take that time to kind of breathe and allow that moment to adhere more to yourself and to your soul and then allow that to kind of keep going on. So Sarah loves that that so much because (laughs) I think that's so true. Like you have these moments where you are like radiating so high and you're, and if you do actually stop to let yourself kind of feel that, yes, yes, is imprinted on your soul in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way. Oh, damn! I love that so much. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's like you know we do turn to meditation for healing, but also it has this incredible ability to bring in more joy and enhance every yeah. experience in your life through mindfulness. And when you're just mm. fully aware of what's happening around you, you get to really soak in those moments and. That's where so much joy can be brought into your life. Oh, I think that's such a nice, not flip, but just a nice reminder too. It's not just for healing or for anxiety or things like that. It's also just for enjoyment and celebrating and oh God. That might even be an easier way to start for some people that are listening and struggling when they're feeling really good or they had a good day. Do it off that note versus sad note. Make it a high. Okay, I've got, I just, I have a question, but I also have like a comment and I forgot about this. When you said make a log, like that's such a good point because I think when I was starting, I used to just write down at the end of my meditation, like something I was thankful for. Mm -hmm. And, And then things started to come up when I would meditate like ideas and I would write those down once I was coming out of my meditation as well. And that was like, again, that kind of ended up being my log, but it was a nice way to complete the meditation yeah, exactly. I totally forgot about that that's super cool and with our guided meditations um we more times than not will create space at the end to write down what came up in your meditation because within that stillness there's so much goodness that can come out of it so it's just really such a, a beautiful time to you know write down the thoughts that you had maybe any ideas you're really creating space um, for yourself and it allows you to bring in more creativity and and so much goodness so I think it's so important to always have a journal next to you to write down those golden nuggets <laughs> yes. for sure yes and gratitude is like I don't know we should all I feel like we should always be ending with gratitude no matter what no matter how we're feeling at the end of the day at the end of a meditation you know like what are you grateful for in the moment it's it's just the most beautiful practice. What kind of meditation do you guys like? Because I, I want you guys to kind of tell us more about the guided meditations, but there are different types of meditation. Totally. Are you, are you yes. guys doing guided meditations every day or what do what you like? Right, absolutely. We do mindfulness meditation, um, but we also work with um, some other practitioners who delve a little bit deeper into the more spiritual side of, of meditations. Um, so, you know, working with, um, with different journeying practitioners that will help us go a little bit further through sound. Um, but what we really like is, um, is mindfulness meditation. It just feels like it's so accessible um, to everyone. So we're able to, you know, reach a wider audience and 
really come into the introductory level and show how meditation and mindfulness can show up in your everyday life. So it's really that that mindfulness that we're really about because it just makes everything seem more um, more accessible. And when you say mindfulness meditation, like what do you mean by that specifically? Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, I guess to describe mindfulness meditation, it's really about observing and noticing. So it's about being present in the moment um, and being aware of, of what's happening internally and externally. So it allows us to connect with um, with our senses, it allows us to connect with our bodies and really accept what's what's happening in the now moment. And it's just about observation and noticing. So when you say that, are you talking about just throughout your day in your everyday life, kind of getting into that that state of mind? Like if you're cutting something, you're really being present and yes. mindful. Yes. Oh, so hard to do. I know. <laughs> it's hard. It seems like such a simple idea but in in reality um it's difficult and it does take a lot of practice yeah even when I was walking yesterday I was like hearing a bit of the the wetness on my sneakers I was like thinking about a million things and I kept saying to myself just think about walking you're just walking just think about walking but then your mind drifts it's so beautiful I I remember and I feel like this is where little keys of mindfulness um show up with with our memory um, after high school, I moved to Italy to be a nanny for an Italian family. And I remember when I first moved there, um, we were back in Florence and I was going for a run around the city and I was running up this big hill and the leaves had like freshly fallen. And I remember like hearing the crunch of the leaves as I was running. And I just thought to myself, like, what a beautiful moment in memory. And that always sticks in my mind for some reason, just that vivid memory of where I was at that time and how I was feeling and my surroundings and it's really stuck with me and I think because I was being aware and noticing and mindful in that present moment that that little beautiful moment stuck with me for so long and it always will oh that's really nice and that's a good kind of testament to the power I guess of yeah being present through these things as they actually Mm -hmm. stick with you yes so can you guys tell us a little bit about what is the experience of meditation? And and even you can talk from your, because I know it's all unique, but maybe you guys can each share with us a little bit about your own experiences meditating and kind of what, how that has been of value for you. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a really cool tool. I always say like mindfulness is not a tool to change your life, but it's more a tool to help you advance the life you're living like like advance the life you were living already. So it just allows you to be more aware, more um, in the moment of what you're doing. And I find it as a really good tool to help you understand the space in between it's called. It's the space between an action and your reaction, which I think for me personally, through, through the journey of becoming a dad and learning what it means to be a parent, and being very rooted in myself before I'm able to uh, guide another human b- being in this world, I definitely needed to like understand myself and understand what that space in between was. So understanding how I receive things and then how I react to things. But that space in between for most people isn't a practice that's very common. So that space kind of 
happens in a split second and you don't realize that space exists until you've done your action the reaction and then you're like kind of like oh i wish i could have stopped for a little like longer just to process the whole thing so that space in between and uh and mindfulness and meditation it just allows you to be calm in 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 uh a setting that allows you to adhere to that to listen to breathe and when that situation arises then it's much easier to have that space in between last longer so like mm-hmm. when i'm especially when i'm uh trying to teach flow or trying to guide the flow or trying to play with her in a certain way and I mean her butt heads sometimes <laughs> it's more of a thing where i have to understand like so many things are, are flushing my mind of, of being i'm her dad i want to play with her she's not doing this way she wants to do it this way mm-hmm. i'm a parent but she's also the kid she's also two i'm also 28 <laughs> so there's like so many different things but it just gives me that space to kind of breathe and be like at the end of the day like we're not hurting anyone she's not hurting anyone she's just playing having fun so it's like i want my reaction and i want my output and i want her to see me being able to deal with a stressful situation like this rather than like that why so why do you guys think meditation is so difficult i think it's often difficult to come to terms with with what's happening in life i mean we often talk about the ebb and flow of life and how um how we're always in a cycle and you know if we're feeling emotion of of joy that's not going to last and if we're feeling like angry or upset we know that's only temporary um so i think that there's a lot of stuff in our society that we've been taught just to push down and for a lot of people it might be difficult um to, to come to terms with with our past. It's also a, a thing with time, I think. And I would say that the biggest thing that we learned with the pandemic was truly the importance of slowing down. I mean, there's no denying that our society is so extremely busy. And I feel like um, it's a privilege to say this, but, um, but for us, we can say that we really had this amazing opportunity to truly slow down. And I do often say that I feel blessed that our business is meditation because we get to teach these tools, but it is difficult. Um, It's a lot of work and it feels like you never stop thinking about your business when you are an entrepreneur. Um, But when it came time to, to the pandemic and slowing down, it really was an amazing reminder of like how important this practice is. Um, Because, you know, we have this balance of being super busy and going all the time. And then we really need to intentionally slow down. And this is where um, a concept that we um, created called go slow flow. And it's really about this window of, um, of mindfulness that we have between, um, you know, hypo arousal, which is, you know, the slow and intentional versus the hyper arousal, you're a lot of stimulus in your life and that window in between you think of a scale between one and ten the four five and six in the middle that's where you flow and that's where you flourish Um, so it's about finding that balance to reach you know optimal levels of performance or you know finding the most joy in life is is through that balance and so I think that's what came through really strongly for us with the practice. Ooh. And is that kind of center, that flow space that you're talking about, Jonathan, is that like the space that you were talking about in the spaces in between? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, that space that after you've kind of received everything, you're able to kind of like uh, 
grow and so and, <laughs> and sit with it and be uncomfortable and allow it to, you know, shake you up in ways that you didn't know it would and just like face it and then approach it with like a new found sense of understanding or calm. It's like the experience of the moment. Yes. And before you react. Okay. Yeah. Totally. I love that. I love what you said there, Autumn, too, because I find that people with time, people will sit and make 20 minutes, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. probably hours to watch TV or go on their phone as like a distraction, but they're not really seeing that time is valuable to sit and be by themselves, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They just kind of like say, no, I don't have time to do that. I don't want to do that. Exactly. I'm guilty of that. There's so many distractions in our society. You know, it's so easy to just like scroll and, you know, time will fly. We don't even realize how much time we're spending or we sit down and we watch, you know, Netflix, whereas that's still a distraction. You're still not creating that space for yourself to be with yourself and your thoughts. So it is, of course, nice and to sit down and, you know, use our <laughs> devices. But um, I think that we really will truly reap the most benefits when we do intentionally create um, a little bit of space just for ourselves with the most limited distractions that we can. Mm. Do you guys Sorry, Sarah. At a certain time of day, is it? Does it matter if it's morning or night? I'm. Just, I've heard mixed things about either. I personally love meditating at night. Um, we definitely do. Both. That's so funny. I'm. I'm very much a morning person. <laughs> yes, I. I always like to wind down at the end of the day, and I'll always meditate before I go to bed and reflect on the day. And um, going back to those journaling prompts, I always like to ask myself. Um, what sparked um, any anxiety throughout my day, what sparked fear, what sparked joy, and um, always like finalizing with what I'm grateful for. And then um, I love, I love meditating before I go to bed and just creating that space for myself. Oh, and Jonathan, you're a morning meditator. Yeah, I'm more of a in the morning, uh, it starts my day off as like a cup of coffee it uh, kind of allows me to set my intention. So like throughout the day, I kind of have my intention of the day that I kind of want to get done or I'll try to embody this intention in all my actions. If I'm working, if I'm talking to someone, if it's being uh, ambitious, if it's being creative, I'll be sure to sprinkle that on or like try to remember to be a little bit more of that quality intention. And uh, yeah, it's just like a great way to kind of like start my day off and, see like what do I want to get done and what my goals are for that day so we're very like reverse of each other where (laughs) I like starting my day and she likes to wind her day down with it so yeah Jonathan's always really good uh in the morning he'll allow me to have some extra sleep and he normally gets up with our daughter Florence and he'll set the intention for the day and make lists he's really good at making lists and saying, okay, what do we need to get done today? What's priority? What are our intentions? Um, so it's really nice to have that balance. And then we also are able to, you know, move in and out of mom and dad duties. We'll take over and give each other some time. (laughs) What does Florence think of meditation? Does she try? She is the cutest. She always wants to be involved. Um, 
So whenever we have, you know, um, a virtual session, she'll want to be involved. (laughs) So we always try to um, do a little session with her. Um, And then when we do pop-up sessions, she often likes to come and help set up. And um, (laughs) if we ask her what meditation is, she's just like, takes her deep breaths and you know (laughs) understands the importance of being calm and whenever any of us are feeling a little bit overwhelmed she'll say mommy it's okay just take a deep breath (laughs) that's amazing I love that (laughs) I always say it's super interesting to have like I wish my mom and dad were involved in in this world too just in, in in a cool way because to to see her uh have parents who are in that and have that world around it and she knows what like meditation means she knows when mm-hmm. mom and dad go to do a meditation comes up she says how's your meditation like where people calm like you know anything else so it's cool to see her understanding it more to the point mm-hmm. where like uh i want to see what the effects it has in her like mm-hmm. interacting with other kids and like being you know like very generous and kind and everything else it's mm-hmm. uh super cool to see just uh, a child at her age adhering to the practice so like at her own pace I find her observation skills I don't know if it's typical or not I'm probably very biased but I just find her so curious and she when we're out for a walk she's always noticing things and she'll find the moon in the middle of the day and she'll be like mommy look the moon she gets super excited and I just find that she has such a a, a lovely presence about her and she's so curious and always observing and I'm sure that's her age but um but we also like encourage questions and ask her to connect with um with her senses and notice what's coming up so she's she's very open and I I I feel so lucky to have her she's just so wonderful (laughs) yeah it's it's basically we we are uh, jealous of our own kid Well, I think that's such a nice question too that you brought up, Ash, because it's like, Jonathan, you've talked about um, how meditation impacts you and your parenting and just allowing you to be kind of more aware in that. And then actually having Florence kind of taking part, like how can parents start bringing their kids into meditation? And because she's two, so she's young. She's two. And there's so many great little exercises that you can do. And I think... um, you know, it, it starts for us around the dinner table. We always try our best to sit down together at the table and um, talk about, um, you know, what the highlight of the day was. Um, a, a cute way for kids is to talk about, um, you could ask like an app what the apple or onion was. So, you know, what a, a good thing about your day was or what something that wasn't so pleasant. Um, and I think that really allows kids to get reflecting. Um, but then, you know, if you set up a little cushion and seat, and then you could just start with, um, with a a simple meditation and allow your children to notice what it feels like to notice simply your breathing. And then you could ask if kids could pick up on what they notice in the room, what they hear, what they smell, what they taste. And it's just really honing in on those skills and, and allowing them to experience that. I'm with oh. you, Jonathan. I wish someone would have taught me these things. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh. That's such a, those are such great tools to teach at a young age. It's so but cool. I feel like you're learning them now, Ash, and we can, you yeah. can, do these you can questions. teach me like a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
you know, to oh play with you're God. ever feeling overwhelmed and you're upset, you know, like looking at your children, letting them know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right to be okay. And I feel that eye contact is so important. And if children are ever feeling upset, what we, what I always like to do with Flo is, um, you know, like let her know that she's okay and ask her if she can notice her heartbeat. And then if her heart is feeling extra fast, then slowing it down through her breath. So just saying like, you know, take a nice, deep, long inhale and exhale and breathe with her. And with slowing down her breath, then her heart rate rate will also slow down and it allows, you know, peace and calm throughout. I'm breathing deeply right now. (laughs) Well, I think... I think these are great tips for all of us, which is like, <laughs> you're saying these for Florence. I'm like, Ooh, I like that when I'm feeling amped up. I should use that. that for sure. Definitely use them too. <laughs> and that's a great tip because if people are at work or at their desk or doing whatever, and they can't maybe at a traffic light and they have road rage, I don't know, but they can't <laughs> physically go into a meditation just to right. like, be aware, take some deep breaths, calm your mind. Yes. One of the things I do want to talk about, because I think we've kind of touched on this and I just would like to know if you guys can expand on it a bit. Like I find the time, like for people who do have a meditation practice, the times that I'm avoiding it or maybe skipping it are usually the times when I need it most. And I think you guys have each kind of talked about it. It's like when I'm, I maybe don't want to hear what I have to say or like hear what's coming up for me. Have you guys, yeah. Have you guys experienced any that at all? Totally. And I think that it's really important to know that you're always in choice. And that's a huge, um, a huge point for us is that no matter like where we are, what we're guiding, we want everyone to feel that they have a choice in the position that they place their body in, whether that's, you know, sitting up or lying down or whatever is accessible to them. Um, But the way that we guide meditations, we want it to be like an invitation. Um, So we never want anyone to feel forced because, you know, sometimes it's not the time or place to, to sit with your deep rooted emotions. So I think that it's really important to just acknowledge what's happening um, with yourself. And if it's not the time, you know, it's, it's allowing that to, to go for the moment and being okay with it and not, you know, getting upset with yourself that you're not ready to to deal with whatever it is and that the time will come that's a very helpful perspective because I think I do that sometimes where I notice like oh damn I don't want to deal with this but even just like what you said Autumn like as long as I can acknowledge that and say like okay there is something here I'm avoiding I don't have to deal with this right now but I at least want to be aware that, okay, yeah, I'm avoiding something. (laughs) Maybe over the next few days, I can work myself into (laughs) dealing with that. I always say is just to make sure that you understand that you are entitled to feel how you feel. Like you, that's your right. You are entitled, like you are valid in feeling how you feel. And if in that time you don't feel like you, like meditation is going to be the best tool for you, then like that is your God-given right. And do you guys recommend that? Because I'm thinking about, I'm being selfish right now. I mean, like Sarah says, this is our podcast. So that's what we're here to be all about. But I'm thinking about after. I'm like, I really need to do a meditation. But do you recommend for most people, and I'm still like newer, should I be kind of using the guided meditations to help 
guide me because it's harder for me to sit and be still. I think that's why I avoid meditating is because I'm like, I don't know how. So we're guided right. ones like YouTube, the apps, the best way there's to kind of so, like try. Sure. Okay. There's so many amazing apps out there. And I think that for beginners, it's a really great way to begin. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I want to expand on that. Cause I recently, um, this girl I follow, talked about this recently and I, I thought it was an interesting perspective. I just would love to hear what you guys think. She talked about like guided meditations are really good, but if you, but at some point you're going to get to a point where you need to go deep or like go deeper. And I, I don't, and her perspective was, is like, that's when you maybe need to take a step back from a guided meditation or maybe do a more tailored one. And maybe that's something where it's like working with you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's a great place to begin, but also, you know, depending on what you need in the moment, if you're really working, um, like through forgiving someone, then it's great to come up with, you know, you can search through apps on something specific. Um, but I do think it's really powerful when you are able to get to a point to lead yourself. So I think that, I think that again, it comes down to balance and being able to do that. Another um, thing that I find beneficial when leading myself is writing out a script in the beginning, you know, just like looking at, you know, what you want to deal with, writing it out, and then using that as like a bit of a framework that when you're actually in meditation, you know, you can come back to what, um, what you want to practice. I, I find that helpful for myself. <laughs> Could you give an example of that? Just because I'm like, cause I do like nothing when I'm, well, not that I don't do right. anything, but I have like a, I don't know. I'm going to just call it a prayer for lack of a better word. Cause I really don't know what to call it at the start. Like something I just like say to myself and then I kind of just go on my way. But could you give us an example of like what setting kind totally. of yeah, intention for is? Sure. Um, I think it's really nice to start with an observation. So you can look for something internally or externally. So just, you know, to, to ground yourself from, you know, being in a state of, of doing to just, transitioning into the meditation to just simply being um, a really good way to transition is through just a simple observation of the room or a bodily sensation and then connecting with your breath and just maybe taking a few deep breaths and then allowing yourself or your breath to fall back into its natural rhythm and then um, I always like to do a body scan so you know starting either from your feet um, working your way up slowly giving each uh, body part that needs it a moment of time and acknowledgement. Um, or you can go from your head, perhaps envision uh, white light, filling yourself up with some beautiful um, pureness and healing energy. So it really depends what it is. I would, I would recommend an intention. So um, if there's this particular way that you want to feel or something that you want to let go of, taking some time throughout the meditation to, to invite that in or take some time and space to let something go. And then, um, as mentioned before, I love ending with gratitude. So um, that's kind of like a structure how we typically like to set things up. Um, and then you can really tailor it to your needs at the moment in the moment. Ooh, that's I really, really like good that. tip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I want to say to anyone listening that's thinking about meditation or in a guided meditation at that is listening 
to the voice is very or finding a voice to listen to sorry is very important so I've started that you on like. different yeah so if you kind of think oh I don't like this it doesn't feel good I, I would encourage people to keep trying because it took me a while to find some voices and and the way that people speak that felt good to me I don't think sure. everyone's voice and kind yeah, of framework no and and I think that's you know, something you just kind of have to try. It's yeah. like finding a good therapist, you know, yeah. it takes a few it's not going to just click. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is totally fair. And, and what, and I, I mean, this will sound like a plug, but you guys both have lovely voices. When I, <laughs> when I sat in and like you guys were guiding, I was like, this is beautiful because it, it is something that's very like a good point and no offense to the guy with the what headspace. is the, the headspace app? I can't stand his voice. It is like goes you can, through They me. have different voices now. Now, but yeah. people really like his voice, but that I could never use that app because his voice used to drive me insane. Not and really like, <laughs> so like, but you guys have such great voices, which is lovely. And do you guys have like recorded meditations or is this something that? Yeah. Yeah. During uh quarantine, we did release a couple. So I think we have, four up there, four or three up there. Where where can we find those? They're going to be on on our Instagram uh, live videos. Okay. They're under a series. Yes. And then we also have some recorded meditations on the Take 10 app, which is... Okay. Okay. We know them. That's awesome. Amazing. And then we will also have some recorded meditations coming up in a couple of months on an undisclosed app that we're super excited about. So... Stay tuned. So exciting. Oh my God. When you guys get that one out, you're going to have to let us know because we'll we'll yeah. share it with everyone. And that's, but that's great that people are able to actually go and, and get some of your guided meditations right now. Um, one of the other things, like, okay, so I have, I have two, Ashley's going to kill me. Like I just, this is it. I, I'm just going to go on forever. Um, <laughs> but Okay. I just want to recap for everyone kind of how they can start meditating because I know people are at different stages. Like some people do it intermittently. Some people do it every day and it's nice to try something new and some people have never done it but might be interested. So what is like a good time to start at? Like five minutes or longer, shorter? Five minutes is a great starting place. And if you're finding it too difficult, you know, for your first time, don't worry about it. If it's, if it ends up being three minutes, then I think that that's worth celebrating. Yeah. I think the most important thing is carving out the time to actually do a mindfulness activity. So if you can take that time out of your day and be like, I'm going to dedicate this 10 minutes to me and it ends up only being a two minute thing, you still made the conscious decision to carve out 10 minutes go sit in that room or that space for 10 minutes and then try for 10 minutes. And then like, that's what it was. And then just like the whole goal is consistency. Working yourself up. Okay. And how long do you guys meditate for now every day? Or do you meditate that's every day? That's a magic number that, um, that I learned about. And the magic number actually, which, would anyone like to guess what the magic number of like- 17. Very interesting. I, I thought it was 17 too is what came to my mind. Sarah. Okay. Our intuition vibes are. Yes. Um, 27 minutes is, is scientifically proven to be that like key Sweet number. Spot. 
27 minutes per day. Do you set a timer or how do you know? Yeah. So through my meditation teacher training, which was through the lab of meditation, um, in Vancouver with Hiroko Demichelis, um, a part of our, our um, training was to meditate for 27 minutes every day. And in the beginning, I found it difficult. So I would break it up. I do, um, you know, like half in the morning, half at night, and then was able to work my way up. So yeah, it's, it's either like setting a timer or finding a recorded meditation for that length of time. Okay. I think that's actually a, a game or that was a game changer for me is was setting a timer because yes. then my mind didn't wander. It was like, I knew when the time right. was up. I yes. was go- <laughs> well, humans. that's what I find good about some of the, um, like the apps and things like that, because you know, if you pick the five minute, 10, 20, that once it's over, it kind of brings you back out of it and you're mm-hmm. not too, too lost for time. But uh, yeah. some of the sleep ones don't, which I love because they yeah. just like keep playing music and you just fall asleep. Yes, exactly. I know Florence woke up in the middle of the night the other night and she was having so much trouble falling back to sleep. And then I was having so much trouble. So I turned on a meditation for the both of us. And it honestly, she fell back to sleep so quickly. I was so surprised. It was really nice. (laughs) I love hearing that. So 27 minutes. I didn't know. I'm going to have to try that tomorrow. I'm so excited. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) I will. I'm so amped. And do you guys have any tips for people like setting up a space in their, in their home or wherever they want to meditate? Cause I think. Um, Is there anywhere you should not meditate? (laughs) I'd say like most definitely a place like free of distractions like somewhere that you can close off, like somewhere where you can like separate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not mandatory, but if, if you can, uh, a space that is uh, comfortable and, uh, and welcoming. So like for yourself, and I know that changes for a lot of people, but if you walk into a space and it's warm, it's soft, it's inviting, there's some candles, it smells good. Mm-hmm. Then like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to, to not be distracted or drawn in by all the things around you. If there's a radio or TV or anything else, you, um, so like stuff like that, I'd say for sure. Yeah. I I love that idea of setting up a special space. So, you know, if you want to put a blanket underneath, um, and then if you have your meditation cushion for the top, um, if there's anything specific, um, I find it really helpful to have an object of focus. So I have a nice little collection of pebbles, some people like crystals um, that they hold on to to really help um, dive into the meditation. Candles are so lovely. Um, So yeah, it doesn't have to be a big space. It doesn't have to be its own room. It can just be a little corner um, somewhere in your house that will free you of distractions. And then we always like to set it up um, with some nice like essential oils and plants and um, soft music. I want to come to your guys' meditation corner. It sounds like heaven. (laughs) Yes, it's nice. And another thing that I have to admit is I actually love meditating in the tub too. So, you know, if you set up like a nice bath for yourself with some nice bath salts and candles, all that good stuff, I I find it a really lovely place to meditate. That's a touchy subject for Sarah and I. Okay. We don't have, no, we are down (laughs) for this. Like we love tubs, but we, neither of us have a bathtub right now. And we are like heartbroken on it. Sorry. Yeah. I I know. We're going to change that soon. I actually sat in the hot tub. I'm in Newfoundland right now and it's a bit cool. 
uh, this morning. It was like 15 or 16 degrees. Then it got hot, but I sat in the hot tub this morning and did a mini meditation Mm. there. So I'm doing okay right now. (laughs) I love that. That sounds luxurious. Yes, it is. I need a space because sometimes I sit in this chair behind me, which is in kind of my office den area, but I find that, yeah, my, my computer, it's too much work mode right here. So maybe if I try sitting somewhere else just to see if that makes a difference, that's a, totally. a good point. Also, to, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, go but, ahead. Uh, also bed is a great place. <laughs> okay. I do sometimes meditate in bed and I didn't yes. know if that that's totally, bad. Yes, that's totally okay. I mean, it's like, if you want to try not to fall asleep, um, then you might find it more beneficial to sit up, but you can totally still sit up in your bed if you want. Or if you wake up first thing in the morning, you're just like, I would love to start my day with a nice awakening. That's <laughs> totally. Sleep. I will say when, when I'm being extra luxurious, I'll meditate in my bed. But to your point, like my meditation nook is literally under my stairs. Like I'm, I'll post a photo on Instagram because it's, so cool. yeah. it's tiny. Like it's literally underneath the stairs. That's I've got cozy. my cushion. It's so, but it's so cozy. Like it's, I love it. Um, but it's a good point. Like you don't need a big space at all. No. And I just have one more question about sitting. I know that or position for meditating that a lot of people have, there's meditation pillows specifically you can buy, but there's such an importance of grounding. So do you have to physically sit on the ground or on a pillow on the ground or a chair? I mean, I know you just said bed, but am I supposed to sit on my yoga mat or should I sit in the (laughs) chair or is it just whatever is comfortable for you? Yeah, it's, it's totally what is, what is accessible to you and what feels right. If you are feeling like you really want to be grounded, then um, it is nice to, you know, sit in an upright position with your hands. Um, is that one there that you yeah. have? Yeah, we do. So we'll have a cushion mm. right here. And what we normally tell people is to use the front of the cushion here as like a dip and use the back of this cushion here as kind of the support. So you almost like make a little scoop for yourself and use that kind of as like your back support. Mm. that's a good tip because it's kind of a beanbag material is that what it sounds like okay yeah it's um, filled with buckwheat holes very fun i've got a pillow like that ash i'll give it to you and i'm (laughs) drinking my flow water there's so many it's spelled well flow but i mean and then i just it clicked when you were talking about florence and then your daughter florence and then flow and i was like oh this makes so much sense now we are into Over all the flow yeah, right <laughs> yeah i love that we're just obsessed with flow yeah 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 Florence, Italy, our daughter our so business being in the flow yes. positive psychology oh, such a great name it's, and meet so many meanings for you guys. To bleed out everywhere like yeah. it, it, it just becomes like kind of like like the amount of times I said, oh, just go with the flow and not even realizing. I'm like, oh man, like that's going to be good. <laughs> Florence is going to be hyper aware when she gets older. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> this has been so lovely. I know. So before we, we wrap, guys, can you tell us a little bit about the experience that Flow Meditation offers and how people can work with you guys? Sure, absolutely. Um, so you can find us um, at different studios throughout 
CHRM. Um, so you can keep in touch through our Instagram, which is at flow, F-L-O meditation, um, where we will post our schedules. And then we are also um, open to private events. We've actually done like weddings in the past or not weddings per se, but um, like bridal parties, you know, before the big wedding, we'll go in. I've gone in um, with the bridal party to guide a meditation to help, you know, bring a sense of calm and, and invite more awareness into this special day. Um, and then we do corporate. So we offer in office as well as virtual corporate sessions. And then um, before the pandemic, we were working with a lot of sports teams, which has been really cool, but that's been on hold, yeah. but schools and universities. Um, so if there's any thing that you feel we can um, apply meditation to, then um, then we're totally here for that and can really um, cater to to the needs of of anyone. <clears throat> and our, our mission is really to make meditation accessible. So that's why we will go anywhere and and can cater to yeah. all needs. And we're definitely into the uh, social justice aspect of the of bringing the community together and definitely like working towards a goal, like a common goal of like helping or unity or uh, changing the narrative on some topics. I love that. And can people book one-on-one sessions with you guys if they want to do a deep dive? Yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're just getting into it and we can do almost like a, a, um, like a, a one-on-one consultation, see where you're at and see how we can help get you into the flow. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent want to do this because this is, we, yeah, we're both going to do this because I will say Jess Babin, who's been on our podcast, yeah. uh, I think she was our third episode. And then she's, she's our wine expert. We do wine events with her all the time, but she had a session with you guys that she said was like a massive breakthrough for her. And she just like raves about you guys. We love Jess Babin. <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet. So Sarah, so I'm awesome. picturing when you get married, there's gonna be a group meditation uh, for the bride. Uh, right. Or probably for the whole the whole crowd, like yeah. everyone. Probably Every twice. Day. Yeah. It will I be can't the wait. most incorporated. <laughs> you said that. I was like, that sounds beautiful. I want to do that. We'll bring yeah. you guys along. Sure. We'll find a man that will be set to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I awesome. love this. Um Guys, before we wrap, we're going to play a game of Westy Grams. It's our favorite part of the show. Okay. It's a made-up game, so don't be stressed. Okay. So I was like, what's that? I'm like, no. I didn't yeah. practice. <laughs> don't, no need to practice. It's super easy. All you have to do, because we're in our virtual studio, is pick a number between 1 and 88, and okay. I will ask you a question. You guys can each go, and then Ash and I will go, and it's just a, kind of a fun little rapid fire. Okay. Ooh. So do we each pick a separate number? Or yeah, you each pick yeah. a separate number. Who wants to go first? Go. Me? Okay. I'm ready. Pick a, pick number, a number between 1 and 89, actually. Got it. What is it? Oh, oh it's it. Oh, yeah, I have to tell you. <laughs> it's not. It's not like magic. Guessing. Okay, <laughs> Imagine if we guessed I'm, it. I'm imagining I, 27. Me too. <laughs> Good. It's 43. 43. Let's see what we got in store for 43 today. All right. Here, I always have a real hard time. Okay. What is the one thing that you wish you could unknow? Wow. 
Do I have to share this? Oh yeah, you gotta <laughs> tell us the answer. We're really big fans on going with gut instinct. <laughs> okay, wish I could unknow. Can I think about it for a moment? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can think about it for a moment. <laughs> Jonathan, your yours might not be that tough, so don't. I this know. Is I'm like, like, oh my god, oh god. No, no that's the, the hardest hard one. Wish I could unknow. Sarah, tell her what yours is usually. Or you you had a really good one for this one. So I have like it. yeah, the one that's coming to mind right now there's always different things actually i'll tell you something that my naturopath told me today was that in on average a human eats 240 spiders in their lifetime while they're like sleeping and i thought i didn't want to know that that. and is that really true i've heard that and thought it was fake so stuff like that um the one thing i truly wish i could unknow and I always say this. So, and for our longtime listeners, we love you guys. Um, there is a scene when the mountain in Game of Thrones, when the mountain crushes Oberon's oh, skull. Um, I didn't think and, that's what you're going to say. Well, that's the one that is like a memory burned in my brain that I have forever been like, I really wish I could unsee this. Oh my gosh. Kind of think this is so hard. Okay, autumn. Mine would be that like sugar that anything food is bad for you that can make you fat. You know what I mean? Like that you could just eat as much sugar or as much whatever, and it would be fine. Mine are like so disturbing. Okay, autumn, just pause on that and percolate. We're gonna hop to Jonathan. We're gonna do his. If what what number would you like? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Let's see what you. That's a new one. Um. All right. What does a typical Saturday night look like? Saturday night, typical. Okay. Tell us with a two year old. Typical Saturday night. It's so boring. Like, I'm such a boring guy now. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Uh, No, it's just, it's it's me going to work and me coming home. And (laughs) we have a nice romantic dinner. We're at candlelit dinner. We throw each other. Through trapeze and catch each other. <laughs> um, Saturday night. Saturday night used to be just a day like for us that we'd be just like it'd be like a date night. Like before we had flow, our Saturdays were like kind of our days to. Uh, it was my way of taking Autumn around the city and showing her pieces of Vancouver that she's never seen before. So Are you like, from Vancouver? Did you grow up there? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I. That was like super fun. Saturdays now are super fun. I are, are really interesting because I get to work and always the dynamic of having a child changes up your whole perspective when like my Saturdays used to be this, but like I'm totally okay with my Saturdays being what they are now because I get to go home to a, like a little girl who's super excited to see you. And like it's like you don't really need that old Saturday feeling. You're just kind of like cool with like more of the question of what can my Saturdays become now? Like, uh, like my Saturdays now are filled with like a little girl who is waking me up at like eight o'clock in the morning on my face. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, cartoons maybe. Autumn's <laughs> like, I'm here too for Saturday night dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, light the candle. <laughs> Autumn, have you thought of anything you want to unknow? Do you know what? I'm finding this extremely difficult because I, like, I honestly want to know everything and I feel like everything that I've thought of I'm like no but I feel it's important to know that so like for example I thought of 
um, I wish that I didn't know how many people were racist, for example. And then it's like, that's no, that's, great. that's really important to know though. Mm. So I should know this. So I think that's why I'm finding this question difficult. But it, that's okay. Like this is kind of the amusement of this question. It's like the thought process you go through yes. and the things that like come up for you. So I think here, well, you're going to give you that as your answer. Okay. And the <laughs> other one that we're just going to shoot you right now is coffee or tea. I would pick coffee. <laughs> really? I, I, I'm guessing you would like both of them a lot. Yes, I do like both of them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Ash, you want to pick a Westy Graham? Yeah, I want to go with 27 just since that's like the, the, magic, the magic number. number. Meditation. Ooh, cool. Okay, three essentials that you have in your fridge or cupboards. Mm. Oh, I love this one. Right now looking bad because I've been away so much. I always have bananas most often. And I want to say rice cakes or crackers and nut butter. Like those are just like right now I didn't eat supper and that's probably what I'm going to slap together <laughs> as a snack. I love that. I'm going to whip. Handy. Uh, you know what? I want that right now because I haven't had dinner. So good. Me either. Um, we're terribly late eaters. It's 10, 15 where I am. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrap up with number 54. What is your favorite dessert? I just want to share this. This week I recently made a fruit flan, which is like, I saw that. I saw that. That looked really good. So good. It was so good. It's a shortbread crust, 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 a shortbread crust with like a cream cheese filling and fresh fruit on top. And it was I haven't had that in years, and I have to tell you, everyone, go make it. Seriously. That looked so yeah. professional. And I was like, then you took like the egg whites and you're wiping the egg whites. I was like, gee, that looks incredible. Sarah loves to bake. She's really <laughs> good into tea. it. I love tea. It's my jam. <laughs> Guys, thank you so, so much for coming on with us tonight and like or today and sharing us, sharing with us all about meditation and what you guys are creating. Super helpful. I took away so many tips. So I know all of our listeners are going to be really happy to hear how to start because that's the hardest thing. So thank you guys so, so much. It really is. Super fun. It's been such an honor to be on. Thank you so much for making the time for us. We love it. Hi, all. It's Sarah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love that. And if you're feeling super generous, you can also share this episode with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at rivalandqueen at gmail.com and definitely chat with us through social. We're at Rival and Queen. All right, that's it. We love you guys. Thanks. Thanks.